Then I'm going to talk about love tonight. Uh, and I may not even get to what I wrote here. But uh, one of the things I've been asking is that the Lord would increase my love for him. Uh, and in doing that, uh, as your love for the Lord increases, your love for people increases. And so when I read that, it brought tears to my eyes. And years ago, that's something I would have read over. Um, you know, just another edition. But 27. I couldn't imagine my wife, uh, we're in our mid-30s, I couldn't imagine her leaving now. Um, are there any children? You know, when things happen to people, y'all, it should hurt. It, it should hurt. Uh, I don't care how many newscasts we watch, how many people we see were killed or died, it should still hurt. If the love of God rests in our hearts, it should hurt. Um, so anyway, um, love, uh, L-O-V-E, it's a call to action. And obviously, uh, I'm still on my love journey. Uh, every, every Monday we come for prayer, that's the thing that I talk about, like, Karen's in there, and Miss Sarah's in there. Uh, I'm still on this love thing. Um, still seeking God to, to find out what love really is. Um, what does it look like? How does it feel? How do you love people? And how do you love God? And how do you receive love? Um, I, I guess I believe that there, there are levels of um, love that are inherent to just about every human being. Uh, I, I think at the most primary level, I believe most people uh, obviously love themselves, you know, first and foremost. Um, and I think I heard Pastor Paul talking about it. We, we come out uh, of the womb, and it's about us. Um, and so I think common sense tells us that most primarily, we love ourselves. And then secondly, I think what's inherent to most people is that they uh, love their immediate family. Um, I love my wife deeply, uh, probably more than any other person, um, other than myself. And it's just, I'm just, I'm like Paul, I, I talk real and honestly. Uh, and, and I believe she likes me likewise. Um, in another sense, you think about a mother loving her children. Um, so, you know, you love yourself, and then you love those that are immediately around you. Um, but then, uh, after that, I think it gets kind of gray. The further away we move from ourselves, I think the more we struggle with love. Uh, how to do it? What does it mean? Um, unfortunately, this is totally contradictory to what... Uh, our, our brother and, and Lord and Savior Jesus tells us. It's almost in total contradiction. Uh, he instructs us to love others as we love ourselves. Um, one of the things I've been talking to folk about all week, and I shared this with Brian when we were meeting the other day, is, uh, and actually to some students last night on campus, I, I think because of where we grow up uh, here in the Bible Belt, I, I speak for myself, 
uh, it, it, it became very easy in my life because I was born in the church and was always in it to say that I love God. It's just what you say. You're supposed to say that if you're a Christian. Um, but I got to a point a few years ago, and I thought, I, I know, know I love him to a level, but I don't really know, like, how much I love him. Um, you know, I, I hear people, we hear people cry out to God, you know, I love you, Lord. I pour my soul out to you, God. Um, and I could say those things and sing like I do and all that stuff, but in my heart, I didn't really know how much I love God. I know if I love God more than I love my wife or my children. Um, and that's out of order. And so and that's just what I was saying earlier. I started asking the Lord to increase my love for him. And he's been doing that over the last few years. Um, but I'll direct us to a passage tonight. Luke chapter 10, um, verses 25 to 37. This is a very familiar passage to us. A lot of us remember this from Sunday school, I guess. Um, but it says, and behold, oh, and by the way, you know, I'm King James Version guy, so just forgive me. Uh, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, talking about Jesus, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, what is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength, with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, my God, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And I, lo I love it when Jesus teaches. And Jesus answering said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves. We stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance, there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three, thinkest thou, was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves. And he said, he that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, go and do thou likewise. Amen. Yeah, and then said Jesus unto us, go and do thou likewise. There are two words, um, briefly, I like to look at. Um, love and neighbor. Uh, basically, we just want to see what Jesus means by love and who we are to love. If you look it up in the Greek, love is a verb meaning to welcome, to entertain, to be fond of, or to love dearly. 
And so what I did was when I got the Greek background, I took to welcome, to entertain, and to be fond of and looked up what those uh, words meant. So to welcome means to greet hospitably and with courtesy or cordiality. To entertain means to show hospitality. To be fond of means to prize highly or to have an affection or liking for. So now we see that Jesus is talking about action, about doing something. Uh, one of Pastor Paul's mottos uh, is what? Two words. Do something. You hear him say that all the time. Get up and do something. It's the same thing Jesus said. John 3.16, we all know it. This says, for God so loved the world that he gave. Love means action. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, so we know what love is. And that's really defined by Jesus. He gives us a blueprint for what love is. Next piece of it is who is our neighbor? Who is this neighbor that we're supposed to welcome, to entertain, and to be fond of? Who is this person or persons that we're supposed to greet hospitably and with courtesy or cordiality? Who is it that we're supposed to show hospitality to? Who is it that we're supposed to prize highly? Who is it that we're supposed to have an affection or liking for? Well, here's what Jesus means by neighbor. And if you're taking notes, I'll read slowly. Any other man, irrespective of nation or religion, with whom we live or whom we chance to meet. Read that again. This is, this is neighbor, and this is what it meant, uh, what it means when you derive it from the Greek. Any other man outside of me, irrespective of nation or religion, with whom we live, or whom we chance to meet. So, by neighbor, Jesus means anybody other than yourself. Now, all that sounds fine, especially while we're here in the church, amongst our, our family, our, our wives and husbands and, and our church friends. It sounds good. A lot of us, including myself, have been saying amen to love messages. I've been saying them since I could talk, probably, I guess. Um, but are we really getting it? How do we get from the amen of loving others to the action of loving others? I believe really that's why Jesus gave us this parable. Um, and I don't know, for me, it's just gotten so familiar, like a lot of other commonly read passages that I, you know, kind of read over it. But there's a message in it. I think there's a blueprint for what we need to be doing. Um, if you look at verse 30, Blake, if you go back uh, to Luke, kind of jump through these verses. And Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Uh, but we see stories of people in desperate need all the time. We see them in the newspaper. We see them on the news, on TV. We see them on the Internet. We hear about them from friends, we hear about them in the store, we hear about them at work. 
Um, and my concern is, uh, like I said earlier, is that we have sometimes, sometimes we become desensitized to people in need. I just really believe we do. Um, and so that's kind of how Jesus starts out right here. Uh, and I, I don't know, I tried to envision this when I was studying. Um, if I saw this, you know, if it's, I don't know, noontime, downtown Cookville, right, at, you know, where the railroad tracks are, uh, right there by Cream City. You know, if a guy's been beat up and they stripped him and left him, how many people actually will even walk past him? That, that's my first question. I, I dare say a lot of people just turn the other way. Um, and, and so let's not read over the first verse. Get the picture in your mind of really what it was. You know, make it alive today and not just, you know, 2,000 years ago. So a guy's laying there and he's half dead and he's um, practically naked, okay? Um, and so I think, like Paul was teaching about uh, who's it Gideon and, and some of them having to go home because they were scared, uh, like 20-some thousand. Had to, I think a lot of us would be left out already because we didn't turn around and gone the other way. It's seeing a half-dead guy naked and beat up because uh, you don't want to fool with it. A lot of people don't. You're scared. You know, what's going to happen if I, you know? So verse 31 and 32, let me read those. Now, here we go. And by chance, there came down a certain priest that way. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. Um, and a Bible scholar, Matthew Henry, in speaking of the priest and Levite, he says this. He says, they're men of public character and station. Nay, they were men of professed sanctity, whose offices obliged them to tenderness and compassion, who ought to have taught others their duty in such a case as this, yet they would not do it. In other words, this is my words, this is Robert Owen's words now. In other words, the ones who were called to be of service wouldn't even do it. And the man was a Jew just like them. He's one of their own, if you will. And I, you know, reading through that, uh, and, I, I, and how long have we been here? Five years now. Now we've been here, yeah, we've been here over five years. Well, probably the last six, seven years of my life, I really try to be open about, you know, if I'm in Nashville somewhere, uh, somebody approached me at a gas station, just being open, not being scared, give them some money. Uh, I'm giving people rides, and my mom and my wife got angry at me. Uh, <laughs> um, but that's been about the last six or seven years. Um, but now, there have been a number of people that I've turned away from since I've been in the ministry. Uh, and it's not just about preachers, even. When, when you see the priest and you see the Levite, you know, I liken it to Christian folk, really, church folk. How many of us would have been the priest and the Levite? The, cho the Levites were the chosen ones. They went the other way. It's too dirty. I don't want to fool with that. It's too nasty. It's too scary. Let's keep going. Verse 33. But a certain Samaritan, hallelujah, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. 
Uh, the Samaritan man comes and has compassion on him. Uh, really quickly, I want to look again at the Greek uh, background of the word compassion. I did this last month when I taught on, uh, I was doing abiding in love when Pastor Paul was out. Uh, the Greek translation for compassion means to be moved as to one's bowels. Uh, again, I liken that to kind of an uncomfortable feeling. Uh, really, the feeling you get when somebody you love um, goes through a very happy moment or a very sad moment. Uh, you know, when somebody gets news of, of cancer or you know, somebody's passed away, kind of almost like the butterfly feeling in the stomach. Um, that's what I liken that word compassion to right there. Um, <clears throat> so now although this Samaritan uh, is not one of the Jews, not one of his people, he has compassion on him. As most of you already know, the Jews really despised the Samaritans. They were considered to be almost a lower class of people. Um, now, how often do you, you don't have to raise your hand, and I'm, and I'm asking myself this, how often do I, how often do you do things for someone who does not like you? Do something for somebody that can't stand you, and you know it, that they don't. Or maybe you don't have anybody that just don't. Just don't like you. <laughs> but no, seriously, th think about that. How often have you or do you or are you willing to do something for somebody that can't stand you? And I don't mean out of obligation. I don't mean like it's a boss. And, you, you know, you got <laughs> you to do good to him. I mean out of your own want, out of your own desire. I know you can't stand me, but I know you need this money. I'm going to give it to you. How many, how many do that? Good question. Now, I'm going to close it out here. Um, verses 34 through 37. And went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, brought him to an end, and took care of him. Um, and on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him, fell among the thieves? The one that showed mercy and compassion. What I like about the Samaritan is that he took action. He didn't tell him he was going to go and check with somebody else and come back. He didn't tell him that he didn't have time. Most importantly, he didn't look at him and say, you're a Jew. Y'all people hate me. Why would I do something for you? Not only do your people hate me, you probably do too because you're one of them. He didn't, he didn't, the Bible doesn't even tell us that he hesitated. See Jesus' definition of love carried out. We see the courtesy, the cordiality, and the hospitality. We see that this Samaritan man prizes this Jew highly and that he has an affection or liking for him. And he doesn't even know him. How did he do it for somebody that he didn't know? 
I think the key is given where it says love your neighbor as yourself. I think that's the point that we have to get to. And, and I don't want to get caught up in, well, you know, you, you know some people don't love themselves. Because Jesus defined what that, what that love meant. He just defined it right there. I think we have an understanding of what he was talking about. And that's, how that, that's what that Samaritan did. Dog, man, if, if somebody stole what I had and they whooped me, and then they took my clothes to add insult to injury and lay me out in a way. And this was a common, where they were was a common traveling place. Being out here on Willow Avenue, somebody left you out there. Samaritan loved that man like he wanted somebody to love him. If it had happened to him, don't you think he would have wanted somebody to stop and cover him up and put him up somewhere where he can get well? He gave to that man what he desired if he were in that situation. And that's the key for us is when we come upon situations. Treat folk like we want to be treated. It's something all of us have grown up with. You know, Southern hospitality, that's kind of what I grew up with, being a country boy. But just haven't lived it out enough. And I thank God that he's revealing it to me now, really what it is and what it looks like, what it feels like. <clears throat> I think uh, one of the things that gets many of us in trouble um, about our love is that it's conditional. We base it on us, how we're feeling, what we got going on at the time, so forth and so on. Uh, internally, part of the process that we go through says, hey, if it's convenient for me, then I can do it. But this, that's not Jesus' way of loving. So many times in the Gospels, we see Jesus stop what he's doing or delay his trip. To love someone, whether it was healing someone or casting out a demon. All of the miracles we saw, all that was love. Wasn't for a show, it was because he loved people. He stopped what he was doing, amend his agenda, he changed his own program and love on people. And I say, Rob, how many times do you I feel like I've come to a place in my love, but then I look and I say, How many times do you stop what you're doing and get uncomfortable? When you do that, then you, you start to get somewhere. Um, the second part of the, or, or the conditional love, I think, that we have deals with how we evaluate people. Some of us, I think, subconsciously decide we're not going to love on people because of how they look, what kind of person we perceive them to be, um, so forth and so on. Um, but let's remember Jesus' definition of neighbor from the Greek. Any other man, irrespective of nation or religion, with whom we live or whom we have chance to meet. So basically, he says it doesn't matter if they're Christian or not. doesn't matter how much they may have deserved to be in their predicament. You know, I, let's just be real. I, it's been through my mind before. We talked about it at home because uh, I've seen it in my own family. That's one of the things that plagues uh, African-American populations still. Uh, is, is a lot of men being out of the household, and so you see a lot of babies going out of wedlock. Um, and then I got a cousin, one cousin has got, just got pregnant with her four, and she's well younger than Dana and I. Um, and so you, you see situations like that, and maybe it's just me, but, and we've helped her, 
But it comes to a point sometimes, and you, and you say in your mind, well, it's her fault. She shouldn't have done it. But Jesus, it's nowhere that he places conditions on helping folk or healing other than faith, you know, in terms of healing. So where do we, where do we fall? You know, rate yourself. You know, I personally have a long way to go. Come a long way. I got a long way to go, though. Um, so our love shouldn't be based on how we feel what's going on with us, nor should it be based on how that person looks, what we know about them, um, how dirty they may be, or they've asked us 20 times, and they keep, it shouldn't be based on any of that. Jesus just says, anybody. Doesn't matter what color they are, matter if they're black or white. Could be a homeless man, uh, you pass going to a Titans game or a Predators game. I know y'all, a lot of y'all have been in big cities before. You go to ball games, you pass them. Folk begging and such. Doesn't matter if it's that person, that homeless guy. It could be the pastor and his family that lives next door to you. Doesn't matter who it is. Um, if they're in need, the Holy Spirit prompts you. Move. Pastor Paul says, do something. want to real quickly um, just just share um, three specific testimonies from from my life that I think will will add some additional um, uh, meat to what we've been talking about um, as I told you I've been on this love journey I'm trying man I'm trying to figure out what it is I'm trying to grasp it uh, I want to I want to be able to love God more I want to be able to love people more as a result and just just be a blessing and a light in, the, in our community. Um, and in that process, I've been learning how to ask folk for stuff, how to be loved on. Um, and I don't see Brian. Is Wayne in here? Wayne Dillon in here? Oh, neither one of them are here. Um, and the first one is uh, deals with Brian and Wayne. Brian Mueller, Wayne Dillon, they're both deacons. Um, we bought our house a year ago. Just, just right at, just over a year ago now. And uh, y'all know we, we've got four boys in the girl. Um, one of the things that, uh, I'm probably going to get this one out tonight. But one, one of the, and the house is new, but one of the adjustments that Dana wanted to make to the house was in, the, in our bathrooms. I'm going to tell you, I'm sorry. Uh, so... Well, Pastor Paul talks about his family, so I figured out. Just... <laughs> uh, I love you. Huh? Man. Um... <laughs> okay, I got to grab hold of this. I got to get getting out of hand here. Uh, so anyway, uh, in our bathrooms, my wife wanted some tile work done behind the commode. Just, you know, you, un you understand where I'm going with this, just for aim purposes. Um, 
Uh, and I'm not by any means, I grew up in the country, but I'm not like a, I don't do manual labor. <laughs> you know, my dad used to make me work and stuff, but I, I just, I didn't, I'm a, I'm an office type guy. So anyway, I knew, I knew that Wayne did some of that stuff on the side, did some tile work and floor work. And I know that Brian has some skill in that area. And so I just kind of mentioned it to Brian, and Brian just grabbed hold of it, and, and Wayne grabbed hold of it. And uh, this was back in December, um, and we had the leadership Christmas party over at the Ramsey's house, Pastor Paul's house, um, that Friday night. And this was right after he had uh, extended the offer for me to come over his pastor, and I was still praying about it. Um, and the next day was when Brian and Wayne came over, and they didn't charge me a dime. I just, you know, I had to go and buy the materials and stuff. But they came early. Um, I actually had a, a meeting early that Saturday morning. By the time I got there, they were already in the kitchen throwing down. They, were, they already started laying. Actually, they, they, we wanted kitchen work done, too. We wanted a big old backsplash. So they had started doing that. Um, and that was the final piece for me. They said, okay, it's okay for you to come here and serve. Um, that was that was the key for me because I saw how they they just rallied together and they came and they spent the whole day and Brian even had to come back a couple times and do some stuff and that blessed my heart and so that was a picture of love. Um, well, I had another project at the house and again I'm not a manual labor guy. Um, we got about an acre and at the back of our property there's a creek, but there's probably about I don't know 20 yards of woods. And we really, when we moved over there, they decided we wanted to clean that out. Well, I don't have any tools. I don't have a chainsaw. You know, I, I just bought a rake several months ago. <laughs> so, so I tell Brian again, you know, I kind of throw it out there. Um, and, man, Brian rallies. He rallies behind me. And uh, we get out there, and we clean that area out. And he, he's come back once, and I wasn't even there and done work. And it, it looks beautiful. And somebody, one of my neighbors said, my taxes are going to go up because we got lakefront property now. Um, but between Brian and Wayne and then Brian with this last project, saved us hundreds, hundreds of dollars. And to me, it's not even about the money. It's about them showing the love of Jesus. That's a picture of what Jesus was talking about. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then this is the most recent thing. Uh, two or three weeks ago, we had bad allergies um, going on in our household. And, and Mama got hit bad with allergies. You know, when Mama gets hit bad, it affects the whole house. Um, but she's still up functioning. And when it hits me, I just, you know, I'm on the couch. I can't function. But she's still up functioning. But, but things are kind of in a shambles because the kids are not feeling well either. And I mentioned it in prayer. And... I want you to know, as soon as we finished praying and we were heading out that morning, it was staff prayer on Monday morning, uh, Miss Sarah, she didn't hesitate, just like that Samaritan. And you didn't know I was going to do this. But she immediately said, do you want me to cook? I'm about to cry, so I'm going to make y'all laugh again. She says, do you want me to fix some chicken and dumplings and cornbread? And I, first of all, I know she can cook, <laughs> so, so I'm excited about that. But y'all, what struck my heart was I'm going through this love journey, 
and I'm trying to see where people are doing it. I'm trying to do it, but I want to see if our church is doing it. And she rallies right there. She didn't let me get out of here and say in her mind, well, I'll, you know, I'll check on them and see how they're doing. No, she asked me, and she really wasn't going to take no for an answer. And that blessed my heart because that was a picture of Jesus. And I need, I'm needing to see more of that from the body. And he's showing me that in my own household. It wasn't about the money. It was about Jesus coming through Miss Sarah. And uh, I'm going to add a fourth thing. That day when we got the food, it was raining, right? It was raining that day. And um, Dana had been out, and so she ended up going over to their house and getting the food. Well, not going to place blame on anybody, but our van's battery went dead while she was over visiting with Miss Sarah. <laughs> so Brother Paul has to bring my, my family, well, Dana and the baby, all the way home in the rain, um, drop them off, and then I go back with him to jumpstart the car. And he's, and he's out standing in the rain. He gave me a hard time now. You know, he cracks jokes. But he never complained, and he was happy to do it. That's what I'm talking about right there. That's the love of Jesus. And I don't say that about them because they're Pastor Paul's uh, parents. That's not me. I don't do stuff like that. I say it because that's a picture of what Jesus is and what he wants us to do. Um, I'm going to close with this. Um, one little piece. I'm pleased with where our church is going as a body. We, we've adopted the Christmas parade. We're going to clean up. Uh, we've done the Samaritan's Purse, and we've gone down, and we've helped those folks that were damaged, that had flood damage. Uh, we've adopted the All Good Housing projects over here. So as a body, we're doing well. But I'm challenging us uh, individually as the church. Because as we go, this church on the hill is going to go to higher heights. Change our community is what we're going to do. Um, there's a song I heard this morning uh, on YouTube uh, by a group called Commission. And I just want to read a few of the lines in this song because I think it sums up the whole, uh, the, the whole message. It says, I can tell you how I feel for you and all the things that I could do to show you the love I have is true. There are many words I could sing, some melodies that I like to play. To show you the love I have is true. But my thoughts will change. My words, they'll pass. And only what I do is going to last. And this will show you the love I have is true. The lonely run away that have no place for their head to lay. Who will show them that they're loved? The one who lost a friend and feels the emptiness within the pain they feel should be mine. You know, like when we watch the news and stuff, and we see the, all the negative and the pain, it should, it should hurt us. The pain they feel should be mine, so I got to take the time to let my light shine and show the love of Jesus Christ. Now, I love this chorus right here, and this is the title of the song. Love isn't love till you've given it away. It's just waiting to be given.
By this men will know that your Christ disciples, nothing else can take love's place. Love isn't love till you give it away. You can preach and shout and talk real loud. Still isn't love. You got to reach way down to the bottom of your heart. Give it away. Love isn't love. So you've given it away. Give love away. What good will love do you if you keep it to yourself? Somebody needs to receive from you. So give it to somebody else. Let's pray. First and foremost, God, we say thank you for your love and that you gave your son. Talked about your love never fails. We sang it tonight. And oh, how you love us, Lord. We say thank you for your love. And Lord, I personally say thank you for where you're taking me in your love. I say thank you for where you're taking our pastor in your love. I say thank you for where you're taking this church on the hill in your love, God. I say thank you that we've got brothers and sisters in this church that know your love and they know how to show it. And I ask that you would just increase it, let it grow, that we would change our families, our neighbors, our neighborhoods, and our community, Lord. So we say thank you for where we are. We say thank you for where we're going in your love, God. And Lord, I ask additionally that when we come across people and we feel the tug of the Holy Ghost, that we not be ashamed, but that we would move in boldness and swiftness and show the love of Jesus. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray that everybody say amen, amen, amen. Hopefully we'll see y'all tomorrow um, at National Day of Prayer. Uh, Now y'all have a great rest of the week. We'll see you on Sunday.